threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. What are you laughing at over <laughs> Just there? Just like the Charles Hapgood approved. Yeah. Yeah, if you didn't know, we do Charles Hapgood voice, even when we're not on the podcast. No, it sounds, yep. It's, uh, it just sounds like a gentleman's voice. I know, yeah. It's always. You want to sound God like knowledge, all wisdom. <laughs> Something stupid, too, yeah. Very Charles stupid. Hapgood approved. <laughs> this is our dog. This is Charles Hapgood approved. This is the only man named Charles Hapgood you. Right here. <laughs> It sounds so much better in, oh, in that voice. He, he, yeah, you should do like all of the commercials and stuff. We should, you know. <laughs> yes, you we listen. shall. Cam, I want to ask you about predictive programming today. That is interesting, man. Yeah. Some would say we do predictive programming. What? You know? Oh, my god. We talk about it, it happens. Maybe, maybe we're part of the Illuminati. We probably are. Yeah. We just, yeah. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Let me yeah, admit it right now. Well, it came out. Yeah. Guess what? Didn't. We were included in that group. Got a little handshake going on. Yeah. We're now part of the Illuminati. Secret handshakes. Yeah. yeah. But one thing hmm? outside of the Illuminati is self-reliant medical care, right? Yeah. You got to think segue. about that. <laughs> Great I know. Segue. I love it. It never works, but I always do it. <laughs> One thing outside of the Illuminati. <laughs> I do it on purpose, okay? I like to make it not the worst flow. segues ever. I it's know. like that's they're, they're, good. they're the best. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into prepping, and a lot of people overlook the self reliant medical care. Mm-hmm. Urgent cares aren't going to exist. Healthcare is going to be too expensive mm. as it is. So you need to know how to take care of yourself. And there's no better book than the Prepper's Medical Handbook by William W. Ford G. Mm-hmm. He is not 5G. <laughs> it's not dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And he's an like MD. Um, but this book provides the basis of prevention, identification, of and long-term management of survivable medical conditions. Something that everybody needs to know and they need to have a book to refer to. Um, I like, again... I use this book um, for medical tips. I use it when I'm kind of building and going through my med kits because it's really well organized. It's your bathroom book. Helps you. Right. <laughs> it has been my bathroom book a couple <laughs> of times. But um, if you want to build your own fac, uh, using this book will guide you all the way through it, which is pretty awesome. So go get yours at Amazon.com yeah. or you can go to PreppersMedicalHandbook.com. Check it out. You ever want to like make you, yourself feel like you're kind of going back in time a little bit? Don't take your phone to the bathroom right. when you got to go number two. Yeah. Because you're, <laughs> you're just like reverting to reading soap. Yeah. Your yeah. shampoo bottles. I know. Or, all, well, I better get this done real quick. Man, this is ridiculous. I don't have time to wipe. I'll go get my phone. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't even enjoy this anymore. It's true. You're just like, hey, wrap yeah. this up real quick. <laughs> it's funny, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but let's talk about predictive programming. Um, yeah. This is an interesting conspiracy slash theory. And um, originally, we we started off with a little bit of a different, not really a different topic. Yeah, our first a approach focus. kind of, yeah. Yeah, right? We kind of were going more just with the Simpson episodes mm-hmm. and how they've been predictive yeah. of events that have happened in history. But the more we got digging into mm-hmm. it, like just predictive, um, uh, just the <clears throat> predictive nature of things and how the 
yeah. the coincidences. It's like, man, are these things happening? <laughs> yeah. Is it programming to help? Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about, that's what I wanted to talk about is this like through history, you know, there's been tons of events, tragic, ridiculous events, bizarre events. Mm-hmm. And there's always been something that kind of may like had mentioned it or predicted it. Yeah. Um, in a lot of these events. Um, the incidences are in various books, movies, TV shows, and predict, you know, what later happened in real life. And many of them involve science and technology. Yeah. Um, you know, tech like AI robots, virtual reality, stuff like that has been shown or predicted and then it en- ended up happening. Um, Back to the Future is one of the few things that didn't happen. The Back to the Future 2, none Not of that. Close. <laughs> Not well, close. I mean... I mean, there was some stuff, yeah. Yeah, like the, the fax machines in every room yeah. didn't really make a whole lot of I'm sense I'm still waiting anymore. for that jacket sleeve. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Or, or the skateboards. There's some pretty sweet stuff in there. That are hoverboards, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. But a lot of... Like, and there's a lot of stuff that has been shown or depicted in media that people have gotten ideas and developed, and it actually has yeah. come... You know, it's actually... Um, exist these. Do I tell you, like, science fiction has been great for that, for like pushing the boundaries of actual science. It's like, can this actually happen? Yeah. And will it happen? Yeah. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, but these, these types of events that happen, how they kind of go together is considered predictive programming. Mm. Um, conspiracy theorists, they claim that the government or groups of elites are using fictional movies and books as a mass mind control tool to make the population more accepting of planned future events. Okay. It's like, we want to ease them in a little bit. Yeah, so like, so it's like aliens you, yeah. or like yeah. Independence Day yep. is like predictive programming right. for what's going to happen in 2024, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> right? We don't know how long it's going to take until this actually yeah. happens, but they're kind of easing us in. It's like, sure. I don't want your mind to go too far away from this, but it also allows them to keep their control. Yeah. Predictive programming is, is, um, is belief that uh, totalitarian government, like lizard people, Illuminati, and stuff. Okay, they're not, they're reptilians. Reptilians. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Let's, You're right. Give them the respect they're due. Yeah, that's true. Not I'm going to say yeah. people. That's super, yeah. That's, that's, that's you know, come on. <laughs> that's true. I'll, I'm sorry. You're I'm fine. sorry, lizard people. Be better. You're listening. Be better. But, um, you know, fake large events to manipulate people's opinions for further dominance. That event is so fake. Yeah. Doing so, they Those feel real. <laughs> That's not uh-uh. trying to tell me what to do. Uh-uh. But um, doing so, uh, they feel it helps the government or the reptilians. There you go. Okay, to prevent any sudden resistance or hostile reaction from the general public. We this. never react host- hostily to no, anything. No, no, yeah. And so you, I mean, right away you can think of tons of events pretty recent that mm. you're like. Oh, I can see how they're like using this to control me. Mm. I ain't doing that. Now, did you see there's a resurgence in COVID right now in several yeah, places? Did. Some mutated versions People of People are it. losing their minds. I'm sure they are. Ooh-wee. Burning masks. Oh, yeah. This ain't happening. No way. Yeah. Uh. But it, 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 I, I'll have to say, I even saw it. I think I saw, um, I think it was uh, Universal Studios. Mm. All the employees there are having to wear masks. Oh. Going back to that, I'm Good sure they're gracious. like, I quit. <laughs> I ain't doing this. And I can understand being in that. You're like, yeah. come on, holy crap. Come on, come on now. Like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah. So basically, government uses these um, things to kind of um, get our minds kind of comfortable with these events, mm. and so that we kind of turn to them comfortably numb. It's like, well, you know what? I need the government. Yeah, I, I, I feel ready for Day, this. The president. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah, he beat the yeah. the aliens. Yep, 
I could see Biden beating some aliens. Yeah, me too. He's a tough guy. <laughs> you can't see, you can't hear me roll. What language is he speaking? <laughs> you might freak him out a little he bit, might, scare yeah. him. Like, I don't know. That's not the language I thought that they <laughs> This spoke. language is not any I have understood. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, yeah, <laughs> he's over there confusing him. Um, Great job, President. <laughs> you confuse the aliens. Oh, man. Yeah, seriously. They're confused. They're out of here. <laughs> they left. We're doing <laughs> another country. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, basically, the predictive programming is a subtle form of psychological conditioning mm. provided by the media to acquaint uh, the public with planned societal changes. So, they got a big, leaders. like, overarching plan for everybody, and, and then they just look, you know, 10 yeah. years before this has to happen. Yeah. We got to make a movie. Yeah, exactly. All right. Right the here. best way to do it is to portray it on the big screen. Big screen. Everybody feels good. Tom Cruise runs real fast. Everybody will be okay with it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Child have good approval. Child have good approval. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, and, and I can see this with a lot of the events, but there's some of them on my end that not really fit into this at no, all, no. which is kind of funny, yeah. that they always kind of tie and twist things to make it sound like- Twist tie. That twist and tie tongue all up in there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, happens all, all the time. Um, but yeah, uh, so the Simpsons, mm. um, and we'll talk probably a little bit more about them Quite specifically because they have a lot of episodes yeah. that had kind of predicted mm-hmm. or portrayed some things that happened in real life, yeah, which is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. That that's the that's the way that the government controls us is through the Simpsons. <laughs> Remember but, when the Simpsons um, first came out, man? Yeah. It was, it was crazy. It was like, I know. Was my cartoon? parents, my mom did not like it. Oh, yeah. She ain't watching that soot. You know what? <laughs> Those yellow kids <laughs> saying bad words. Spiky hair is bad. On skateboard. And now uh-huh. watching it as an adult, I'm like, this, this is like genius writing. Oh, it's so Freaking genius. Freaking hilarious. It's so genius. Yeah. It's insane. But yeah. So, and there's things tied around that. Like people think that... Uh, Matt Groening is probably like mm-hmm. a, a time traveler, yeah, and stuff like well, that. With a name but. like Groening, Groening, <laughs> yeah, oh, something. You didn't come up with a good name, yeah. Just went with that you one, with Matt Groening. We would tear you apart if you were in the Q and A. absolutely. <laughs> so I'm Matt. Uh, uh, oh, uh. <laughs> you went with a different kind of groaning than I did. <laughs> oh. Of course, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the kind of groaning I had in my mind. Not the <laughs> groaning on the uncomfortable toilet. groaning. <laughs> on the toilet groaning. You had like a sexual groaning, uh, and then you had like a <laughs> on like on the toilet. I don't know. It was a weird one. There's many types of groans. When you think about it, it's kind of weird how many. Let's talk. Let's have an episode on groaning. Just groans. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so mm. a lot of events. We're gonna we'll talk about some of those events that are just you know ways yeah. the government's using to control us to to kind of you know ease us into these mm. concepts. Yeah. So. Maybe Shakespeare was like one of the first of the Illuminati. For sure. You know. Yeah. Makes total sense. I don't know. So yeah, let's talk about some of those events. One of those. This one is actually really um, Speaking famous. Of before you get going into that, yeah, I know yeah. it's not Mad Mad World, but. Sure. I have to mention today that news with Pergozin and the plane crash. Yeah. That's crazy. It is Kobe and I were talking. Yeah. It's <laughs> back and forth. It's like, oh, probably big avalanche, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Could just be avalanche. <laughs> we we got to share our text. Uh, s- s- yeah, first because, thing in the morning. That's what we started talking I about. I got a text like 6 a.m. from Cam. Like, <laughs> with the this? article? Yeah, with the article. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty avalanche. Funny. Avalanche, otherwise. And it happens in Russia all the time. It does. There's it always really a does. sneaky avalanche. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. So, yeah, one of the um, oldest examples, and, and this is this one's really famous of predictive pro, or you know, in quotations, predictive programming, is found in Morgan Robertson's novel *The Wreck of the Titan* or *Futility*, that was published in the year eighteen ninety eight. Long, long, long time. I remember ago. this one. Yeah, when you *Titanic* when movie came out. Came out. Oh, when the Titanic. no, I remember them. This like had come up in the news mm. like shortly after that. Yeah. That James Cameron, you know, oh. phenomenal movie. Jim can make a movie. I'll tell you that <laughs> yeah, right now. Jim. Like, who goes from, you know, Aliens, Aliens, it, right? And then uh, Terminator, Terminator the 2. The Abyss. The Abyss. And then... All over the place. He Titan- sure loves, like, Deep Sea, though. Titanic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, like, not even really about the... It is kind of a weird one. It's a love story. But then again, Christopher Nolan kind of does that, too. Sure. Oh, he kind of jumps around to, like... Speaking of Christopher Nolan, Real I watched- and historical, and then he jumps over to... I watched the first half of Interstellar again the other day. I love the start of that movie. Oh, my gosh. Every time it comes up, I'm like, I yeah. should watch a little bit of it. Like, I wanted to watch more, but my family was like, oh, this is over yet. So I, I couldn't watch it anymore. But that first half, good Lord, Chris, you've done <laughs> something that just tickles my brain. I love that movie. I don't know how, you, how he did Definitely it. Definitely a top five. Anyways, yeah. 1898, The Wreck of the Titan. The, the book tells the story of a glorious ship named Titan. Glorious. Glorious. Your name was Titan. <laughs> My grandpappy drew, flew, uh, rode, floated. Floated on the ship Titan. <laughs> Couldn't be sunk, he says. That's what he said in the newspaper. Couldn't be sunk. <laughs> I'm going to have one more drink of scotch. <laughs> the Titan. I survived the Titan wreck. <laughs> yeah. Um, it believed it was unsinkable. But during its voyage in the month of April in the North Atlantic Ocean, so weird. The ship hits an iceberg and drowns along with the twenty-five thousand passengers. Twenty-five hundred. That was a big ass <laughs> ship. Twenty-five hundred <laughs> passengers on board. But it's, isn't it weird to say that a ship drowned? Wouldn't you say it sunk? <laughs> it's kind of weird how they how they wrote that. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, my ship drowned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the engines are drowning. <laughs> drowning. Can't breathe. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, it sunk. <laughs> Capsized and drowned. Yeah, right out there in the water. <laughs> Nobody could help it. Nah, Bold. heck no. Poor Titan. Um, <laughs> so anyways. That is kind of <laughs> it's weird. About 14 years later, the RMS Titanic met the same fate in reality as that as the Futilities Titan. On April 15th, 1912, the Titanic sunk in north in the North Atlantic with fifteen hundred passengers after colliding with an iceberg. Yeah, um, pretty weird. That's you super know? weird. Apart the timing, from the month, and the people, and location, wow. and conditions in which the ships crashed, the dimensions and speed of the fictional Titan and the real Titanic were also found to be almost similar. Yeah, like that. That is like a really weird. That one was coincidence. Super weird, right? But it's uh, it's almost like what's the motive of like I don't know like. Everybody be comfortable with this because it's not yeah. going to change history. Well, I guess it could kill some wealthy people that yeah, maybe, I don't know. Just kind of weird. It know? is really weird. But that's one of the earliest examples that they say could have been or is predictive programming. Yeah. Like, we had to get them ready for Everybody this. read this. Yeah. We're going to write a book. How many I mean, years before? Um, so it was about 15 years. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah, everybody before. forgot about it, so that failed. <laughs> 14 years. <laughs> yeah, it was 14 years, yeah. I mean, yeah. 14, that's ancient history. Nobody even remembered that. Half the people were book. dead that yeah. ever, ever even read that <laughs> yeah, book back true. in that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to even take this one because I you, don't even want to mention COVID. You did, though. Okay. But 
COVID-like situations were depicted in the movie Contagion. See, that I never really connected these two no. in my head. Well, the weird thing is we talked about, that's the thing, is like yeah. we talked about a pandemic, and we did the pandemic episode and, mm-hmm. and discussion of contag- um, Contagion before, yeah. and then COVID came, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, that's predictive programming, it's telling us to deal with it. Yeah. The thing is, it was like... There was quite a few movies outside of that one that were sure. that way. Twelve Monkeys was one, mm-hmm. and um, what Brad was the pit? What was the other ones? There's several others that were very similar to it, but it was like, how did that prepare us? It didn't. <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and there was even an episode on The Simpsons um, yep. about COVID or similar, and so we'll talk about that later. There's I some think. other weird stuff associated with that too, though. Um, I guess this is a little bit of a sidetrack of it but um, right. like bill gates you know why he's everybody kind of had a struggle with him being like behind like we need to get ready for a really bad pandemic and all that because 2015 yeah. he kind of um had talked about the next outbreak you know and <clears> that we're not ready and even set up doing event two uh two th- uh, yeah, 201 <laughs> i said 2001 like five times in my head i see um event two zero one so that it can practice a pandemic exercise. Uh, and so they're like, well, wait a minute. He like yeah. had done all this stuff right before COVID mm-hmm. and then COVID came out. I'll be honest. I don't even remember him doing that. Well, nobody really does. I mean, it, yeah. it's just one of those convenient things that sort of helps connect the dots. Yeah. And it kind of lined people. up right in time. Yeah. So they're like, okay, somebody that has a lot of power, a lot of money. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, setting this thing up and then the pandemic happens. Like, he behind it. Yeah, well, like, a lot of stuff that he has done in the past and still continues to do is with, you know, vaccines. It and, is, and yeah, a lot, a lot of, of people are like, mind which, control. Which he, you know, he sees it as a good thing that yeah. he's trying to, to help people, but a lot of people are like, no, 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 that ain't good. Yeah. You know, yeah. Also, I mean, I'm not standing on one side or the other. I'm just saying. That's, no, that's but that's where, on, like, right? this whole thing has yeah. been like, wait, it's been predictive. Or predicted. Could, um, he, could he predict my computer would crash a million times? No. <laughs> That's all part of it, too. Yeah. Blue screen of Blue death. Blue screen of death. There's little subliminal messages pop up. You're like, yeah. I won't get COVID vaccine. Exactly. Just kidding. Um, so there's coincidences with that. And then the other thing is like, um, I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, another film, Inferno, based on Dan Brown's novel, which mm-hmm. is the story of a billionaire who Pretty wants to depopulate the world. I don't care if you've read it. It was a good book. I've read all, all <laughs> by Dan the, Brown's books. By much. the use of a biological weapon, mm-hmm. which was released in the U.S. 28th of October, 2016. Boom. Okay. So, predictive, again. And then this one. Have you read this one? 37th volume of the cartoon Asterix. With the title, Asterix in the Chariot Race. Gosh dang it, no one. You get that one. Um, exactly two years ahead of event 201. This is not surprising uh, um, that it kind of went over the this release of, um, what does it say? That where it sees a race driver in a chariot wearing a mask to keep the... Um, anonymity. No, where's the... Being called. I think I skipped the middle part of this whole paragraph. Uh, but you? anyway... In that episode, um, yeah, coronavirus was actually That's so weird. Part of what was um, yeah. in that story, so it's just kind of weird. It is weird. There, okay, you remember? <laughs> I, I like cut out half of what that book was about, but anyways, right. it had some references to coronavirus, yeah. which makes it really weird. So, do you remember the Dark Knight Rises? Oh yeah, of course. Such a fantastic Christopher Nolan film, right? Um, In that film, there was a a map that was sort of um, that that was used as um, 
Gotham City map, right? And there was like some, I didn't ever see this or heard about this. Did you? I no, no, I I didn't. And and they actually they used this map as part, saw that movie twice in the theater and didn't even yeah, see it. Used this map as part of like the marketing efforts for the movie too. Like they would send it out as like oh a, really to to you know people like movie reviewers and stuff. It was just part of this thing. But in that scene. The, the the map has a um one of the red things that's like um an attack point or something like that is a is a little island and the island is called Sandy Hook. That's super weird. Yeah. So Didn't I know was, about that. I was watching a, a, a YouTube video that was giving me information on this, so take this with a grain of salt, because I don't know if any of this is true. But uh apparently the prop master, one of the guys that's it, it was building these maps and things, he lived in Sandy Hook. Actually, and so he used like that, and then when you line up the actual Sandy Hook maps, and you put that there in it in it circles like where the school is. So, anyways, pretty weird. Obviously, people are connecting dots that might not even be there, but they're showing that that it shows up as an attack point for um, Bane in that movie, which was the Sandy Hook Elementary School. Yeah, kind of a weird. uh, Predictive programming yeah. uh, possibility there. Yeah. You know? So kind How of would fun. that make, like, ease us into that? It would That was, like, the worst thing possible. It wouldn't, you know? And it, it's more of Not just, like... Not always that, but it's, like, this event happened. It's almost, like, subtle jabs. There's like, never really a reason, yeah. Like, the Illuminati's just like, you guys are so dumb. Yeah. Look at Right this. in front of you. Right in front of your stupid <laughs> faces watching Batman. Yeah. And you don't even see it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of what the implication is. I That's think. where all those, like... Easter egg videos are like, yeah. oh, look at this. Look at that right there. And yeah. Avengers 17 coming out. <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh. Reference to it. No more Marvel, please. Yeah. Um, this one, I'll, I never heard of this one either, but The Knowing with- It's Knowing, um, actually, not even The. It's Knowing. Oh, is it just Knowing? Dude, I never saw this movie. I love it. Yeah. Like, this is one of those it. films that nobody really likes, but I, I just- I haven't even seen it, so- You should watch it because- I remember it. I love Nick Cage. Um, so what is the movie about? It's really weird. So apparently- um, a girl back in like the fifties or something had some weird revelation and she, she was writing all these numbers down on this paper that ends up going into a time capsule at an elementary school years later, 30 years later or something. This guy's kid pulls that out and he starts to de- decode it somehow. And all of these dates line up with, um, accidents and people dying. Oh, really? Yeah. It's kind, of, cool. it's kind of a cool premise, right? In yeah. the end, it, it gets really out. Well, there. that sounds like you could pretty much go along with any of anything. But it, uh, it's just like the the feel of the film kind of feels it feels a bit like um like a dark and ominous and like a kind of like a signs. Yeah, I was gonna, say, I was gonna to say, is it kind of like yeah, yeah? I like that. Feel. Kind of like an M Night Shyamalan. Well, I'm gonna have to see it then. You should. Yeah, I hadn't even heard. No, I didn't know anything about. But it. the end of it gets really funky and weird. really. Yeah, it gets weird. <laughs> Um, but there's a lot of parts of this film that show, um, like on the news and it's reporting this oil rig starting on fire yeah. an explosion and everything. And it matches up like really closely to the 2010 yeah. explosion out in the Gulf, uh, the Gulf of Mexico where the, the oil rig exploded. Didn't they make a movie on that? Isn't yeah, that's the uh, one with Mark Wahlberg, uh, deep water horizon. Right? Yeah. Pretty yeah. good movie actually. Nope. Never saw that one either. Um, so the uh but yeah the events the way that the news like talked about it and showed it was yeah. very similar to the movie which they were like well this is predictive programming sure so yeah. that was one um the other thing uh, the other movie too is the hunger games mm. is kind of a foreshadowing of 
uh, totalitarian government and its control, predictive that's, of the future. That's a reach, I think. That's, it is. It's just like, mm. you know, um, people have said, I was looking at some websites, and they're like, this is the pinnacle of Hollywood mind control predictive program. Shows how the sleeping masses of these times are being led into the communist trap without themselves knowing. I love how they say it's Hollywood, where it was a book <laughs> yeah, that was made into true, a yeah. movie. It wasn't yeah. Hollywood. It was Hollywood. <laughs> it was whatever. But there's a lot was. of things in there that are like... Um, um, if you if you want the kind of slave like dystopia mm-hmm. in which resistance is futile, keep supporting gun control and other forms of population disarmament. Sure, you know, and then don't rebel against the system. Genetically engineered insects are in it that are in wow. our future because of GMOs. It's just like they tie all uh, the stuff into like it's all predictive. Yeah, weird predictive. man. Yeah, GMOs. That that stuff is bad. But you know what is good? Nutrient survival. It's made with real ingredients made in America to keep Americans healthy, strong, and alert. Perfect for today. Ready for anything ahead. From hearty, delicious entrees and nutrient-dense snacks to immunity-boosting drinks and strength-building shakes. Each with 40 essential nutrients. Available in handy singles, daily-use pantry packs, durable cans, and 3- to 90-day survival kits. Keeping your world safe and your body in peak condition. Guys, this isn't your cheap, empty-calorie, bland food storage. This stuff actually has nutritional value, and it tastes great. Check out their NREs, Nutrition Ready to Eat. These things are fantastic. If you guys want to try this stuff, and you do, believe me, head over to NutrientSurvival.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. You're going to get 10% off your order, and you're going to get some great food. You're going to support the podcast. There's no downside, really, when when you look at it. Um, Hopefully, this is predictive programming. I predict you guys going out and getting some nutrient survival <laughs> with our code. All right. That's great. So we talked about the Simpsons earlier. Yeah. Um, this is probably one of the most famous um, examples of predictive programming or, you know, just crazy coincidences. Who knows? Yeah. But but when you when they talk about predictive programming, The Simpsons is one of the biggest ones. Yeah. It is the longest running American animated series the longest-running American sitcom and the longest-running scripted primetime TV series. And it is chock-full of predictive programming. Um, so let's look at some of these That's examples. That's a long time. Dude, like, it's, it's been going forever. So it just feels like gonna be. it's always been there. Yeah, because it does. I, it does. I, would it start in, like, late 80s or I early think, 90s? Like, I would say early 90s, but I don't know for sure. I was, like, probably first eight or nine when this thing started, and it's still rolling. Like, that is... Just bonkers. Super impressive. Those those actors and writers have had like some great long. I know there's like dude. two guys that do nearly all the voices. So it's like Yeah, it's eh, insane. They're gonna go forever. Yeah. So one of the most famous at this point um predictive episodes is season eleven, episode seventeen. It's called Bart to the Future. Not back to the future, Bart to the Future. <laughs> okay. Um this one predicted the Donald Trump presidency. So this one has obviously been all over. 1987. 1987, yeah. I was freaking six years old when this thing came out. How bonkers is that? Um, So yeah, this episode is probably one of the most famous examples of the Simpsons predicting the future. In this episode, Lisa has become the president of the United States. Obviously, they're looking forward. In a cabinet meeting, she offhandedly mentions, we inherited quite the budget crunch from President Trump. (laughs) So crazy. How weird is that? Like, of all the people that they could pick as the president at that time, they picked Trump. 
this it's so weird. I know. Right? It's really, really it is weird. Really weird. This episode aired more than 15 years before Trump announced his 2016 candidacy. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, explain it. I don't know. It's just a it's a crazy coincidence, probably. Yeah, that one is probably the most one of the most famous ones, yeah. huh? But like it does it just feels like wow, they kind of knew something. Yeah. Right. It kind of seems that way. Who it's knows? like who would have just like thrown that out there yeah. and said Used his name and everything. Yeah, so, exactly. So this one, season 17, episode 10, underwater submersible emergency situation. Homer's yeah. paternity coot. Coot. In this episode, Homer believes a man named Mason Fairbanks to be his long-lost biological father. The two embark an underwater adventure and individual submersibles to try and find the treasure in the sunken ship named Piso Mojado. Piso that's hilarious. That's, that's like wet floor, right? Stuff like, yes. That's hilarious. <laughs> Stuff that they do like that is just mm-hmm. so freaking funny. Oh, they're so good, man. But Homer gets stuck in coral and his oxygen level keeps dipping. He loses consciousness and wakes up three days later in the hospital. June 20, you know, this mm-hmm. year, 2023, many fans noted that the parallels with the real-life disappearance of the Ocean Gate submersible mm-hmm. that was carrying five passengers who were on the adventure to see the ruins of Titanic at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. So, yeah. it's kind of like, they kind of predicted an episode, this episode um, was kind of a prediction of what was going to happen. The hard thing about this is now people are on the lookout. They're like, Everything. any event that happens, they're like, going back in the Rolodex of Simpsons episodes, yeah. like, yeah. How, where does this one land? I think Where's you did at? one of the episodes about the three-eyed, like, yeah. that one, I do remember as a kid thinking mm-hmm. of that one, I'm like, that's pretty cool, I wonder if that cool. could happen. Yeah, so. and, and lo and behold, it does. Okay, season six, episode eight, Lisa on Ice. This is one of the few cases when The Simpsons not only made a prediction, but actively contributed to events. The quick gag has Bully Dolph uh, writing the memo, beat up Martin on his Apple Newton, which was like an early, like, Palm Pilot type (laughs) Apple thing, right? But the text then translates to eat up Martha. So it autocorrected. It autocorrected, right? Sources allege that years later, when Apple was working on the iPhone keyboard, employees knew that was the part they had to nail, like the <laughs> autocorrect thing, you know. So they would even quote "eat up Martha" to each other. That's so funny if that really did happen. Yeah, because they blew it. Yeah, it they still did sucks. It. it still sucks, but like they, they they're saying that like the Simpsons, they freaking they predicted they that, that autocorrect be... <laughs> being an issue. You know, that it, one's funny. It is kind of funny. Yeah. So this one and this one's crazy too. Siegfried and Roy Tiger attack. Yeah. So season five, episode ten, Springfield. Mm-hmm. Dollar sign is an S. Yes. Uh, Mr. Burns decides to build a casino in Springfield and, with Vegas references abounding. Mm-hmm. One such was Gunter and Ernst. <laughs> Gunter and Ernst. Gunter and Ernst. <laughs> a clear Siegfried and Roy analog <laughs> whose act ends in tragedy when their white tiger, Anastasia, attacks them. <laughs> so this one is a bit more understandable given the dangers of working with wild animals. Roy Horn was also attacked 10 years after the episode aired. Yeah, so they, they predicted Siegfried and Roy, <laughs> Gunter and Ernst. <laughs> <laughs> Such great names, man. I know. Gunther. Gunther and Ernst. <laughs> we have our <laughs> white Anastasia. Anastasia would never attack us. No. Um, season 21, episode 12, Boy Meets Curl. C-U-R-L. <laughs> it's so okay. freaking funny the yeah. way they... Um, in one of the show's many international trips, Homer and Marge get drafted into the U.S. curling I remember team this, yeah. for the 2010 Winter Olympics. Despite the odds against them, they are able to sweep Sweden and win the gold medal. It took eight years before this stone reached its target as the recent 2018 Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang 
featured the same matchup. And it was the same result. matchup. So How freaking weird crazy. is that? So they predicted that the U.S. would win gold. Homer wasn't on the team in real life. Oh, he wasn't. Oh, so that's but, not as good then. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, right? Yeah, that's that's that one. That one blows my mind to be. That close to like exactly how what a out. weird sport curling super, is, anyways. Like, weird. how weird is that? And that? Probably why they put it in the episode. Made, they're like, what yeah. a weird dumb sport. How how does that make the Olympics? Yeah. You know what I mean? I always thought I'm like, man, I bet you the janitors just tear that. They oh, they yeah. would just crush. They can that sport. sweep like no other, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one is good. Yeah, I like this one. I hadn't I had not hadn't heard of this one. So mm-hmm. the Higgs boson particle, season ten, episode two, the Wizard of Evergreen Terrace, mm-hmm. inspired by the work of Thomas Edison. Homer becomes an aspirational inventor in the show's tenth season. Is this the one where he makes like the chair that when he falls back it catches itself? I don't. And remember. then the hammer that's all. I don't remember. I don't and, know. Uh, one cutaway gag involves Homer scribbling profusely on a chalkboard, the bottom of which shows a math equation. Yeah, this is super weird. This is weird. More than a decade later, scientists discovered the Higgs boson particle, known as the God particle, startled to find its mass was similar to Homer's calculation that was just scribbled on the bottom. Dude. That they just wrote into that. So I I, I read into this one a little bit because okay, it interested good, Because I was like, enough, I, I don't remember the episode and I kind of want to know. One of well, the, I do. I think I do remember the episode. I don't remember that. One of the writers on the show is like a mathematician. Oh. And so, so it makes sense that he kind of... He, he sort of gave it his best guess or like used kind of... <laughs> the most recent best guess at what the Higgs boson would be. Oh, he did? What, yeah. He kind of had so that's some why idea. he threw it out there onto the, act- the actual equation. pretty impressive. He's working for them and he knows that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, we'll talk about this later, but apparently a lot of the writers are like Harvard graduates. These people are like top of I didn't the, know that. the chain of- Makes sense because they're genius. They're genius. They really, really are. I need to get back to watching more of this. I'm like, nobody- I started My wife it doesn't like I, it, so. It's been, yeah, me too. I have to watch it by myself. And yeah. I usually, I'm like, let me show you this part. Let me show you this part. And it's like the whole episode. I know, yeah. It's funny, yeah. So uh, season six, episode 19, Lisa's Wedding. This one is pretty crazy too. The episode featured an establishing shot of Big Ben. Obviously, this is London with the joke thrown in of it now being a digital <laughs> face, right? It's not like the analog clock anymore. It's a digital clock. But if you look at on the left-hand side, you'll see a pointed spire that doesn't seem to fit with the real London skyline at the time. Um, construction of the shard completed in 2012 and the skyscraper not only has a similar shape to the mysterious building but also sits in the same place in comparison to Big Ben. What? No they didn't kid. even know that thing would exist. It was just like a random building that they And it happened the, to the be animators. on the same side, same, side, same location, same location, like, and the same appearance. basic appearance as the shard. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good I one. I hadn't heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, here it is. The Three-Eyed Fish. Mm-hmm. Season 2, Episode 4. Two cars in every garage and three eyes on every fish. Yeah. Blinky, the episode's famous three-eyed fish, has been used by major news publications and linked to commentary uh, on nuclear waste and mutation. Mm-hmm. But those messages turned uh, prescient in 2011 when fishermen caught a three-eyed wolf fish in the reservoir that feeds near a nuclear plant in Argentina. And oh, my it's, gosh. I didn't even see that picture. Yeah, the picture is there. I, I, I grabbed it. It does have three eyes. It's got three That's eyes. That's insane. And it's almost like just like the fish looks in The Simpsons. Huh. Does yeah. Argentina have a nuclear power plant? Apparently, yeah. I don't think they do. Liars. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> the Illuminati might just be getting us That's there. That's crazy. Too. Well, yeah. there you go. Yep. It's actually predicting what has happened yeah. to the oceans. 
How about season four, episode eight, called New Kid on the Block? <laughs> Homer's hunger is cartoonishly insatiable, so much so that in one episode, he gets kicked out of a seafood restaurant after pursuing an all-you-can-eat deal, only to sue for false advertising. They kicked <laughs> him out, so he's suing him, right? This legal theory was tested in courts in 2012 and 2017. Really? Ironically enough, the latter even happened in Springfield, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like, just to add a little icing to the cake there. The actual town. Yeah. Springfield. Springfield. Yeah. That's that's cool. Didn't know that one. Mm-mm. Censoring Michelangelo's David. Predicted 1990. Yeah. In season two, episode nine, Itchy and Scratchy and Marge. Um, that was the episode. Yeah. Concerned mom Marge shows what one lunatic can do. Writing a letter to the band, the Violent Children's Programming. I always loved when the episodes had that in there. That is it's yeah. super mm-hmm. fun. Um, before kids think it's funny to play those dangerous cat and mouse games at home. Sure. Later in the episode, and using Marge as their public face, residents of Springfield protest and exhibit Michelangelo's statue of David, branding the ancient artwork obscene because the figure is nude. Yeah. In July 2016, voters in Russia cast ballots over whether a copy of the Renaissance statue should be clothed. <laughs> That's the, weird for the Russians. That to is care really weird. Yeah, that. seriously. The gag is also a case of recycling an old joke as Garrett Morris reported on the circumcision of Michelangelo's David <laughs> during the 1976 weekend update on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, so... I didn't know... Wow, and I would have not thought from that country. Yeah, that it's, it's kind of weird, huh? You don't need penis in the... We don't want to see that the, stone penis. Huh? <laughs> what do our kids think? <laughs> Where are our kids? What? Kids? Put down the AK and look S- at the statue. Stop playing with pet bear. Come look at stone <laughs> penis. <laughs> <laughs> Put that bottle of vodka down and look. Your vodka is not before noon for you. Remember, we spoke about this already. Uh, Don't look at vodka. stone penis. Statue <laughs> penis not for kids' eyes. Okay? We need to clothe this. It's ridiculous. Writing email to Vladimir right now. I'm going to fix this problem. Okay? Oh, man. Um, how about 1993? This one we kind oh, of already talked about. In season four, episode 21, Margin Chains. Uh, Springfield is overrun by a pandemic of a fictional disease named Osaka flu. <laughs> okay? The infection is delivered 1993, when... 1993, huh? Yeah. When an overworked Japanese factory worker sneezes on a crate of juices in a shipment due for Springfield. Marge is the only one unaffected because she was in prison on a shoplifting conviction. <laughs> Of course, right? The rest of the town spirals into chaos. Dr. Hibbert tells the crowd to go home and rest in bed because no cure has been found. The public face of medicine for the town says anything in the infirmary would be nothing more than a placebo. That's good enough for the crowd, and every pharmacy in town experienced a run on placebos. Of course, people considered uh, mainlining Windex during the COVID epidemic in one of the many parallels between the two health that crises. That goes on, yeah. Yeah, so. Anyways, that happens. <laughs> kind of interesting. That is kind of interesting. This one right here is actually freaky. Okay. The, the, like, when you look at the this picture, you, it's, it's bonkers. Huh, okay. Yeah. The uncanny 9-11 reference. And 9-11 is mentioned a lot in, mm. um, you know, the... Uh, what we're talking about. Speaking of 9-11, that's one I actually just thought of that it just came to my mind. Um, back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? Um, so Back to the Future, um, they, he goes to the mall. It's called Twin Pines Mall. Oh, yeah. Twin Pines Mall. And then he shows up. It's single. It's one, huh? Because. Yeah. And then it goes to Lone Pine Mall. Because he then, like, hit the tree. Yeah. Isn't that what it was? Uh-huh. But also, like, there was, like, the 
the um the the clock was like what was the clock so he he needs to be there at like one in the morning and he ends up getting there at like one eleven. what is it it's like there's, there's some tie to that, there's huh? some tie to 9 11 i'd have trees. to let me look it up while okay. you talk okay. about this one yeah so the uncanny 9 11 reference um in episode the city of new york versus homer simpson lisa holds up a car a coupon for a discount new york tour bus ride um, with the Twin Towers in the background, the tourist ad reads, New York on nine, $9 a day. Behind the discount price, the World Trade Towers placement looks like an 11, which makes the overall image frighteningly close to the subconscious warning subconscious warning about the event of 9-11. The episode aired four years before the attack. Yeah. So yeah, it shows the sign. He's holding it up. It says, New York, nine. And then the two Twin Towers make it the 11. Yeah, it's like That's really pretty weird. freaky. Right? That is kind of freaky. That is pretty freaky. That one's good if you look at it. So yeah. Who catches these? I don't know. Or it's released by those that... Here is the Back to the Future reference to 9-11. One okay. fan theory claims that the film actually predicted the September 11th attacks in multiple scenes. In the first movie, the clock reads 9.55 p.m. at one point. A clear indication for some fans that, when... that the film predicted 9-11 because the clock's hand point to 9 and 11. Oh. The other one, in the second scene in which Marty McFly is ambushed in the Twin Pines Mall parking lot, the fan points out that the shooting takes place in a location that contains the word twin, obviously, in his name. Naturally, he connects that the fact that Al-Qaeda chose the Twin Towers for their terrorist attacks. And he notes that during that turning the clock of the Twin Pines Mall sign around, 1.16 a.m. is when he gets there. If you flip it, it becomes 9-11. 116 you flip it it's 911 oh my gosh yeah so anyways <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's the uh, digging a little bit yeah anyways okay season 3 episode 16 of the simpsons is called homer at bat don mattingly gets benched for refusing to trim some sideburns that only mr burns can see for some reason this absurdly specific simpsons prediction somehow came true only 1 year after the episode's 1992 air date in 93 yankees manager stump merrill benched mattingly for <laughs> refusing to cut his hair on game day. Oh my gosh. Essentially the same infraction that Burns accused the player of. This decision held Mattingly back from partaking in the game. That's so crazy. How weird is that? That is super weird. That is super weird. Like the uh. same baseball player, the same situation one year later. <laughs> like, did they do it on purpose? I don't know. It's weird. You know? It's like, did, I, did they watch the episode and they're like, I'm going to do that. We're going to make this happen. Yeah, I don't know. That is funny. I don't know. So here's the Barack Obama prediction. Mm -hmm. This is perhaps first time that such a big prediction had come true accurately and it got a lot of attention from the masses. The Simpsons showed an episode where Homer went in to vote for Barack Obama in the U.S. general election. But then a faulty machine ended up changing his vote. Yeah. Four years later, the episode premiered. A voting machine in Pennsylvania had been removed from the location as it kept changing votes meant for Barack Obama to his Republican rival, Mitt mm -hmm. Romney. Yeah. Interesting. It is so, very interesting, right? Episode about the voting machine mm -hmm. tweaking the vote. So Yeah. Pretty weird. That is super weird. There's a lot of really weird ones. Yeah. Uh, but do you know what's not weird? Uh, just heading over to Off the Grid Surplus and buying some fantastic clothing. Yeah. Because they've got the stuff you need, the stuff you want, right, Cam? Yeah. Yep. Uh, they Their mission is to inspire greater connection through adventure. They do that by creating extremely functional and everyday wearable products for a great price to take you off the grid. They simplify your clothing options so you only need one piece of clothing instead of three or four. Onesie. 
Yes, the onesie. <laughs> the adventure onesie, that's what they might call it. They combine the best features from outdoor, workwear, and tactical into one everyday wearable package. Check out their site, offthegridsurplus.com. Get an extra 15% off with our code CASUALPREPPERS15. That's a fantastic discount if I've ever seen one. All right, go get your clothes. Go get your good stuff. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS15. Okay? Yep. Yep. Get your husbands. Get your... <laughs> exactly. That's what it sounds like. So, you know, is there a way to explain all this weirdness, especially with The Simpsons? Like, why is this happening? I mean, because it's hard to just accept that it's predictive programming, right? Yeah. So, are are the Simpsons writers and creators, are they prophets of some sort, Cam? Know, super weird. You know, are Sounds they, like it. Are they ran by the Illuminati? We don't know, but don't. one article kind of had an explanation for this. They said, many of these so-called predictions can be boiled down to a philosophy one might refer to as Simpsons Razor. This is a humorous spin on an actual real philosophy, Occam's Razor, which suggests that the simplest explanation is often the best one, right? It's just like, that is, it, it yeah. is what it is, right? The simplest one is usually what's going to be right. Makes most sense, You yeah. don't have to come up with some insane, crazy <laughs> yeah. thing to uh, explain these things. Simpson's Razor, in contrast, is a philosophy stating that the dumbest possible result is often the most likely. The comedy writers on The Simpsons may appear to be predicting future events, but in reality, they are constructing satiric barbs that mock society's stupidity by exaggerating it. I mean, that's what Homer is, right? Yeah. The Simpsons family isn't predicting the future. Our modern society is simply racing The Simpsons to see who can present the dumbest possible outcome for humanity. Yeah. We can we can ex ex extrapolate that uh, many of the show's most heralded predictions are either throwaway gags that coincidentally came true or examples of patterns in human nature that recur frequently. I mean, there's just things that happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's like like the thing that I put at the bottom that it's kind of a... um, what, How do you say it? Is it pareidolia? I don't know. Anyways, you can see it at the bottom there. Oh, okay. That's what people look for patterns and things. They see oh, patterns right. and it yeah. comes out like faces. We see faces mm -hmm. in, in different things, you know, see Jesus on toast and oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah. But it goes along with what you're saying there. That That is true. And especially once one person mentions it, now it's like, oh, everybody's looking for it. Yep. That's yep. what I'm talking about. Like in, in, in Brigham, where I grew up, mm -hmm. everybody's like, there's a dollar sign up on the mountain. And there's two patches of trees, and yeah. there's like a little one that runs in between. You're like, oh yeah, it's a clear dollar sign. So it's yeah. like you see things like, exactly that don't really look or that way. You the, just kind of create it. What is the the one in um, North Ogden? The the face on the mountain. Oh, I'd heard about that one too. Um, I can't remember now. Timpanogos has the lady laying down in her hair. Oh, really? Like, yeah. In the mountain range. Yeah. And I've looked at pictures online. I'm, I don't see it. And it's like some say it's this way. Some say it, I'm like, you just, you just picture what you. Exactly. You create what you mm -hmm. hear that it's supposed to be there. So even among the better of the Simpsons prediction listicles, they tend to be one or two lightweight or forced entries used to round out the list, which speaks more to the reader's confirmation bias than to any prognosis by the show's writers, right? For example, the 95 episode Lisa's Wedding is said to have predicted smartwatches. Because they have like these watches. And, oh, right. and, yeah. Um, and even video calls. But even oh, yeah. Mac Maxwell Smart used a risk communicator in 1965, Get Smart. 
in, in 1989's Back to the Future 2 featured video telephone, right? Yeah, yeah. So if we apply the same logic here, the list makers did, does that mean that Get Smart and Back to the Future predicted jokes on The Simpsons? Absolutely. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, or is it more likely uh, that the pop culture savvy Simpsons writers saw these or similar works of fiction and actively or subconsciously referenced them in these episodes? For how genius they are yeah. and how, like, how... How much attention to detail yeah. and the spin on it? Uh, yeah, so good. That but, makes most sense. So another article stated that the show is the product of brilliant minds. Many For Harvard sure. educated had no idea, which makes is sense. crazy. Yeah, said William Irwin, whose book he has a book called The Simpsons in Philosophy. I, you got to read that one. Has uh, for years been taught in college courses <laughs> at the cool. University of California. Mr. Irwin is the chairman of philosophy at King's College. Writers rule on The Simpsons, not the actors. The result is a show packed with references to art, literature, pop, pop culture, politics, and science. They're good. Yeah. yeah. When uh, that many smart people produce a television show, it's bound to make some startling predictions. Like, they're just it's really gonna, smart people who sense. can see patterns and things. And they're looking at everything yeah. in the world that exists to exactly. come up with ideas. Yeah. And another possible factor at play here is the law of truly large numbers, a concept presented by a Harvard mathematician, Frederick Mosteller and Percy Diaconis um, in their 89 paper, Methods for Studying Coincidences. With a large enough sample, any outrageous thing is apt to happen, the law states. Huh. The Simpsons, the Fox show, is the longest-running scripted TV series in history. So you got that many episodes. Just which numbers. Is a sheer, yeah, sheer numbers just overwhelm it, and at some point, you're going to get some things right. Right, so... uh I actually want to look at that study on coincidence. I know, it's pretty interesting, <laughs> Sounds huh? super interesting. And yeah, and then like Cam talked about that pareidolia. It's kind of weird, huh? Yeah. I don't um, remember how to... For seeing patterns and random data. Like, that's just People like just what do we do. People do that. Yeah. It's like when something gets burned and the devastating effects, they're just like, mm -hmm. it looks like Jesus. Exactly. Or they're yeah. like a chip that has the Virgin Abraham Mary on Lincoln it or something. Sock. I always see like there's a sock <laughs> oh, that looks yeah, like Abraham too. Lincoln. Yeah. It's like people like to see patterns in, in things and then make that make sense in yeah. some way. And that's like kind of why we get some of this predicted. Some of it's hard to explain, man. Like that. Some of it is. That Titanic book. Yeah. Like, how do you explain that? I don't even know. I don't either. Because that's crazy. That one is really crazy. That's a crazy coincidence. And some of those Simpson ones were so yeah. to the like number. Spot on. It's like, <laughs> yeah. pushing it. Something weird's going on here. But Pretty yeah. cool stuff, though. It is really cool stuff. So, yeah, we're all being programmed. We are. It's all predictively. Like, is that? <laughs> I mean, is that what we're doing right now? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we are. Maybe we are. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we you are. Could just, yeah, you could put it that way. Reptilians or Illuminati people, yeah. Yeah. members. I'm a lizard. You, okay, I like the really derogatory you're name. Cold blooded, full show, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, you're a robot, and I'm a lizard. So <laughs> we that's make a fun. team, buddy. That's fun. That robot and the lizard. They, there's our next T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> a robot and a lizard, and I don't know what they're doing. They're do they're podcasting, probably. I yeah. suppose, right? Yep, that's good, guys. I got to tell you about Tack Pack because today's podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at Tack Pack. They are the only monthly tactical subscription box with useful professional grade stuff inside. Uh, use our code Casual Preppers, and you're going to get a seventy dollar machine made part from Next Level Armament. Absolutely free. I don't know how those. How are they doing it? I don't know. They've got some sort of magic wand, or they have some sort of like government. They hit a gold mine somewhere, fund. and they're just like, we don't have. We can just send out stuff because yeah, we have all this gold. Yeah, I don't know. They've made a deal with the devil. Maybe I don't like. There's something going on. But if you guys have an AR, they're giving you, away stuff for sure. You love gun AR parts, or if you love knives and seventy dollars. 
You're not going to get the cash, but... (laughs) But you have it. You're making money on your first box. That's all I'm telling you. (laughs) It's true. Like, you're coming out way ahead. Yep. So go go check them out. Go to tagpack.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. All right, Cam, that's the episode. Yeah. Anything else, buddy? Nope. That is all. That's all of it, right? Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks. Stay survived.